Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. In this episode, we hear from Bruce Kramer, Chair of the Rebooting Computing Industry Summit, past president of IEEE SA, and member of IEEE for over 30 years. He shares his views on what the future of computing holds, why he thinks additions to digital CMOS look promising, his work in the semiconductor industry, and how he is developing new standards with the IEEE. The conference is a diverse collection of people and ideas. And uh, part of what, in fact, I'm emphasizing within the summit, which will be convening on Friday, is that really only by exposing yourself to a wide variety of different opinions, new ideas, can you really get a good handle on where the world is going? And in this specific context, where the world of computing is going. Uh, There are multiple different paths that the computer evolution will progress down. We don't know exactly which ones will be the most productive going forward. Uh, We know that traditionally, at least over the last 20 or so years, that the digital CMOS technology has been the most prolific and most widely used, uh, but there are a number of additional uh, either accelerators or adjuncts to traditional CMOS that are being explored, look very promising for certain classes of problems. So again, I cannot predict with any certainty exactly who or what the winner would be 20 years from now, but it's clear that we have a number of very promising alternatives or additions to Uh, traditional digital CMOS that are being discussed here. Based on what we're discussing here, so I'll just reiterate what is being proposed, we know that quantum computing will be a strong adjunct to digital CMOS, uh, not independent, uh, but as an accelerator for certain classes of problems. Uh, We also know that there's another approach, which is not digital, but typically referred to as analog neuromorphic, which will be very powerful, uh, in particular in the AI and uh, deep learning space. Uh, We also know that there are options being pursued in uh, photo-optical or optical computing, which could be very low power and uh, very dense. They look very promising. And of course, uh, we're not done with the evolution of uh, digital CMOS itself. There are still multiple different types of uh, uh, lithography and architecture options that are being discussed, which will continue to provide uh, performance enhancements or size reductions in uh, traditional digital CMOS for for at least the next 10 years, if not 20 years and beyond. So again, uh, I think what we're going to see is a hybrid system of computers, some of which are optimized for certain classes of problems, uh, but they could potentially all coexist, at least in a large and a system context, and uh, both share information and process information on a, uh, we'll call it an as-needed basis. Actually, going back to my earlier comment, uh, part of what we find in conferences such as this, when you get a fairly diverse group of people together that don't normally interact, is that you discover that uh, if there's 100 people in the room, you've got potentially 50 new ideas that you had never heard of before. 
because uh, we tend to do research and our product development in isolation. So within a company or within a, a working group, you exchange ideas. But in conferences such as this, uh, which of course the IEEE likes to organize for this specific purpose, you get uh, cross-fertilization and exposure to new ideas that you wouldn't normally get in your personal workspace. Uh, we find that sometimes that's very challenging. People presume, uh, perhaps entering a conference such as this, that they've got all of the answers figured out. Um, but it typically is not the case, that uh, regardless of how good or advanced uh, any one particular person is, they can't be aware of all of the parallel activities that are going on until, again, you're exposed in a larger environment. So how do we stay on the leading edge uh, depends on who you're asking to be on the leading edge. But I think both for the attendees and for the IEEE as a representative of technology advancement, uh, it, it often comes back to the same basic factor, which is to not isolate yourself from the rest of the world, at least for an extended period of time or an indefinite period of time, uh, but to continue to both test your ideas with your peers in parallel or equivalent industries, uh, and also listen to what they're doing, because uh, ultimately the synthesis of ideas from a, a wide variety of sources is uh, most likely to produce the most useful end result. Well, again, if we're talking about the conference as opposed to the, the subject itself, uh, the, the basic idea here is that uh, what we want to be able to do is both collect and re-disseminate information that would be useful to the advancement of the technology industry. And uh, being able to get people to contribute their ideas and present them to a group uh, is a challenging situation. Uh, we have clearly got situations where there are pieces of proprietary information that, that companies or perhaps even universities would not want to disclose. We have to accept that as a rule of thumb. Uh, but we find that there's a remarkable willingness to convey information that, again, is not otherwise available, or at least not as available in uh, as short a time frame as we would get at these conferences. The material that's presented uh, in particular in the industry summit comes from the leading technology companies in the world. Uh, they provide their own editing, uh, proofreading, uh, disclosure arrangements in providing us the information that they provide us. Um, but it also is very timely. So they could quite literally have a, uh, an announcement that comes from work that occurred just a couple of weeks ago that uh, does not need a year to go through the publication process, but is available to the uh, people that attend these uh, summits and, and webinars. So we rely on the timeliness of information as part of it, and again, as well as the diversity of ideas. So I've been involved with the IEEE for something over 30 years, and uh, I personally have gone through a number of different jobs, as it were, careers, uh, within the time that I've been working. Uh, most recently, though, it's been of great value in the area of semiconductor technology and in standards development, 
Uh, I personally spent a lot of time working on the 80211 standard, which is now widely used for communications, and uh, that both gave me an opportunity to learn some new technology or forced me to learn some new technology that I had not otherwise been involved with. Uh, but the IEEE has been a venue for uh, both, again, collecting new ideas, exposing new ideas, uh, developing business opportunities, and uh, in that regard, it's been valuable to the career because I can provide not only value to the IEEE, but value back to the company that would nominally be uh, paying the way to attend meetings and provide uh, time and service to the IEEE. So it's a, it's a mutually beneficial arrangement to uh, both learn and to provide information and provide guidance to the various people that I interact with. Thank you for listening to our interview with Bruce Kramer. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org. Thank you.